down our right arms. Give us clean hands. Give us pure hearts. Let us not lift our souls to another. Give us clean hands. Give us pure hearts. Let us not lift our souls to another. And oh God, let us be a generation that seeks, that seeks your face, O oh God of Jacob. And oh God, let us be a generation that seeks, that seeks your face, O oh God of Jacob. Bow our hearts, we bend our knees. O Spirit, come make us humble. We turn our eyes from evil things. O Lord, we cast down our idols. Give us clean hands, give us pure hearts. Let us not lift our souls to another. Give us clean hands. Give us pure hearts. Let us not lift our souls to another. And oh God, let us be a generation that seeks, that seeks your face. God of Jacob, and oh God, let us be a generation that seeks, that seeks your face, oh God of Jacob. Give us clean hands, give us pure hearts, let us not lift our souls to another. Give us clean hands. Give us pure hearts. Let us not lift our souls to another. And oh God, let us be a generation that seeks, that seeks your faith. So God of Jacob, and oh God, let us be a generation that seeks. It seeks your face, O oh God of Jacob. There's a peace I've come to know. Though my heart and flesh may fail, there's an anchor for my soul. I can say it is well. Jesus has overcome, and the grave is overwhelmed. The victory is won. He is risen from the I will rise when he calls my name. No more sorrow, no more pain. I will rise 
an eagle's wings before my God. Fall on my knees and rise. I will rise. There's a day that's drawing near when this darkness breaks to light. And the shadows disappear, and my faith shall be my eyes. Jesus has overcome, and the grave is overwhelmed. The victory is won. He is risen from the dead, and I will rise when he calls my name. No more sorrow, no more pain, I will rise on eagle's wings before my God, full on my knees and I hear the voice of many angels sing, Worthy is the Lamb. And I hear the cry of every longing heart, Worthy is the Lamb. And I hear the voice of many angels sing, Worthy is the Lamb, and I hear the cry of every longing heart. Worthy is the Lamb, worthy is the Lamb. Before we open up our Pew Bibles to our readings, you can switch, uh, flip to the pages if you haven't done it already. We are continuing with Matthew chapter 5. I think this is our last week that the lectionary has us continuing with Matthew chapter 5. 
Uh, we are in chapter 5. We're actually going to stop at verse 30 because we're also going to read from 1 Corinthians. That It's hard to read up there. It's in your bulletins also. Page 882 in your pew Bibles for the first reading and 1021 for the second reading. In the New Testament in the large print, it's page 9 and then 224. But while you're opening up, this, <laughs> those of you who are on the prayer chain already know this. If you're not on the prayer chain, you might not know this. But our church has been afflicted with a lot of sudden, super sad deaths. I mean, it started with uh, Christmas Eve when Joan Mahalski wasn't here, so we sent somebody to her house and found out that she had died suddenly. Then, unfortunately, there was my brother just over a month ago. And then exactly four weeks after my brother died, uh, one of our new church members, Mallory Felvis, uh, she is... She has little Mikey, who's always uh, up there for the children's moment. And like last week, he's the one who shot up his hand and couldn't wait to tell me that he was going bowling after church. Cute little kid that just loves church so much. Uh, Five-year-old Mikey. And then she has little Max, who goes into the nursery. But Mallory, on Wednesday, uh, her mom hadn't heard from her brother. So she went to his house and found that he had died. 40 years old, died of a massive heart attack. Uh, all, all of a sudden. And so uh, they are now in just, I mean, unfortunately, I know the exact shock and pain that they're in, and I would do anything to take that away. Uh, and my mom's heart just breaks for Barb because those of you who have ever lost a child know that there's nothing more painful than to lose a child. And so that's what Mallory's mom, Barb, is going through right now. Uh, so if you happen to have your church app or if you have a uh, directory uh, in the church app, that's the newest version because Mallory just joined this January. Uh, she, her address is in there if you want to send her a card. Uh, I know it's such a simple thing, and yet it brings so much love and so much comfort. So I'd encourage you all to do that. Send her a card. Uh, if you do know her, the calling hours for her brother, her brother's name is John. The calling hours are from 2 to 6 at Lombardo Funeral Home, and then I'll lead the service right after at 6 o'clock, a short funeral service there for them. And then after that, a, a beautiful thing about sister churches around here, there's five UCC churches within the town and city of Tonawanda. Well, our fellowship hall is booked uh, because we have the Relic Hunters. It's their Sunday night that they're here. And so I called over to Kenilworth United Church of Christ to see if they could use their hall instead since ours is full. And not only are they letting them use their hall, but they're waiving the fee and all of that. And I was just so thankful that we have enough uh, sister churches around. Um, but please just hold Mallory and her family, her mother, Barb, hold them in prayer. They're, uh, I, we had to, last night I actually went over as we told little Mikey that his uncle had passed. They had waited to tell him because, you know, they knew it would be really tough. And so I went over and helped him tell Mikey. But just hold them in prayer. Hold each other in prayer. And by the way, don't forget to tell everybody that you love them. You know, I mean, it's a good thing to remember always to tell your loved ones that you love them because we don't know how much time we have here on this earth. So remember to say that you love people. Tell them you love them. Be there. I mean, I always say leave voicemails. I saved three voicemails from my brother uh, that I'll save and have forever. You know, leave voicemails. Everything doesn't have to be done in text, believe it or not. Uh, but, you know, think of all those things so that we can hold each other in prayer during these difficult times. But now with all of that said, <laughs> we're going to jump again into Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Now I think I explained this in the second service, but not in this service last week. The Sermon on the Mount is not just one really big, long sermon. Instead, it's a compilation of a lot of Jesus' sermons. So Jesus was always going around preaching, and I'm sure often on the Mount, you know, because that's where he could sit there. I'm excited to see it this October when I'm going to Israel on my own, or with my mother and my brother. And so 
uh, there, uh, but on the mount where you can sit, and it, it was like, you it echoes, his voice would have echoed in that place so that it was a natural amphitheater, and so they, he was able to do that, and so often he would be sitting there and he would preach, or he'd go around and, and he would preach, and so it's believed that the Sermon on the Mount, which is Matthew chapter 5 through chapter 7, so that all of this is a compilation of some of his sermons put together, so at one point he would have preached the Beatitudes, the, the blessings and the woes, and then he would have preached about what we're going to read today and all of these things, and so the author so nicely kind of condensed it for us. And all of these words are really hard. Jesus does not go easy on us. He challenges us. We're actually only going to read the, the up to verse 30, but Jesus has lots of words that do push us and challenge us. And so we're going to read from this today. And so with all of that said, if you are ready to hear the word of the Lord, will you please say amen? amen. Starting with verse 21. You have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, you shall not murder, and whoever murders shall be liable to judgment. But I say to you that if you are angry with a brother or sister, you will be liable to judgment. And if you insult a brother or sister, you will be liable to the council. If you say, you fool, you will be liable to the hell of fire. So when you are offering your gift at the altar, if you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go First, be reconciled to your brother and sister, and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are on the way to court with him, or your accuser may hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard, and you will be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, then cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to go into hell. I did warn you that Jesus was not going easy on us this morning with these words. We're going to flip now to 1 Corinthians. Flip to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and we will read the first nine verses. And so, brothers and sisters, I could not speak to you as spiritual people, but rather as people of the, of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for solid food. Even now you are not ready, for you are still of the flesh. For as long as there is jealousy and quarreling among you, you are not of the, uh, are, you, are, are you not of the flesh and behaving according to human inclination? For when one says, I belong to Paul and another, I belong to Apollos, you are not, are, are you not merely human? What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you came to believe as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. The one who plants and the one who waters have a common purpose, and each will receive wages according to the labor of each. 
for we are God's servants working together. You are God's field, God's building. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Rescue me and pick me up, a living hope of grace revealed, a life transformed in righteousness. Oh Lord, you have rescued me, forgiving me, you healed my heart and set me free from sin and death. You have brought me life, you've made me whole. Oh, Lord, you have rescued me, and you loved me before I knew you, and you knew me for all time. I've been created in your image, oh, Lord, and you bought me, and you sought me, your blood poured out for me creation in your image, O oh Lord. You rescued me. You rescued me. You rescued me and picked me up. A living hope of grace revealed. A life transformed in righteousness. Oh, Lord, you have rescued me, forgiving me. You healed my heart and set me free from sin and death. You brought me life. You've made me whole. Oh, Lord, you have rescued me. And you loved me before I knew you. And you knew me for all time. I've been created in your image, O oh Lord. And you bought me and you sought me. Your blood poured out for me. A new creation in your image, O oh Lord. You rescued me. You rescued me. Rescued me. You rescued me. Let us join in a moment of prayer. Good and gracious God, we thank you and we praise you. We thank you for gathering us here so that we can worship you. We thank you for giving us your faith to help us to get through even the hardest times. Lord, we just stop to say thank you. And now we ask that you bless the words of our mouth and the thoughts of our minds. May all that we do and all that we say be holy and acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Through Christ our Lord we pray. Amen. So we have two readings today that we just read from. One continues with Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, and the other is written by the Apostle Paul to the church in Corinth, a church that he had helped to start. Now in Jesus' Sermon, he is challenging us 
to be better versions of ourselves. He is challenging us to be kind of above everything that is in this world. Human nature can lead us to sometimes be a little petty and selfish and destructive, and and Jesus knows that, and so he's challenging us with really, really hard challenges. He is challenging us to be a better version of ourselves, to kind of be up and above all that is seen as normal in the world. And family system theory, we're told that our goal is to become self-differentiated. What Jesus is telling us to do is to become more self-differentiated, to become, you know, higher up in our maturity as how we understand where we are in relation to the world. He wants us to be above all of the petty things that happen in the world. And think about it, there's a lot of petty stuff that creates a lot of chaos in the world, is there not? You know, when the, whenever we're having an argument with a friend, and sometimes an argument with a friend can, can seem very kind of immature, and he says if we're having an argument with a friend, with a brother or a sister, whoever it might be, don't let that argument just stew and, and brew in all of this nastiness, but instead just leave what you're doing, even if you're coming to the altar of God, leave what you are doing and go and resolve that problem. He challenges us that when something is tempting us in, in an unsafe way or, or an unholy way, if something is tempting us, then do whatever we can do just to stop that. Or if, say, we're going to do something that might be a little destructive, maybe we're not at our best version of ourselves someday, and maybe we're really down in the dumps and we're thinking about doing something that's a bit destructive, which we've all probably done somewhat destructive things in our lives, if we're being honest. If we're at that point where we're about to do something destructive, just do whatever we need to stop that. Was Jesus really being serious when he said, if our hand causes us to sin, cut it off, or if our eye causes us to sin, then get gouge it out we don't know but i think we get the point that he's saying if something is going to lead us down a wrong path do everything that we physically can to stop it hopefully that doesn't mean cutting off a hand or gouging out an eye i do not recommend doing either of those things but instead do whatever we can to to kind of get up and to rise above whatever is destructive in our lives Jesus gives us example after example. You might notice that the lectionary reading actually has us going to, to verse 37. I stopped a little bit early. I'll be honest with you. I stopped early because I don't want to enter into the divorce conversation. If you keep reading, Jesus talks about divorce, but we often don't understand why Jesus says that. When Jesus is talking about divorce, he's actually being a little bit of a feminist when he does so because men would divorce their wives just for whatever reason they wanted to, and they'd have a legal reason, and then the, the wife was, never, was no longer worth anything because she was no longer a virgin and so she would have lost her worth and then sometimes she would have just had nothing to do and may have had to go live a life of prostitution or something like that that's why it was so prevalent in biblical times and so I just don't want to get into that even though I'm kind of walking into that a little bit here with you but that's the reason that I decided to stop at verse 30 I don't ever want to say something without being able to explain it in more detail so we're not going to touch that topic completely right now but that's why I stopped because even the words that we just read in just those few verses that we read today even with just those words Jesus is seriously challenging us and he is challenging us to be the best versions of ourselves but the reality is that it's easier said than done, isn't it? <laughs> I know whenever I read through these things sometimes, and it's like, well, that's easy for you to say, Jesus. You're the son of God. For all of us regular people, it's not so easy to go on just forgiving everybody who's ever hurt us. 
It's not so easy to just let go and let God. We say that that's what we need to do, but the reality is that it is easier said than done. And it's not just easier said than done for us, but it was even easier said than done for the church in Corinth during the time of the Apostle Paul. Now, Paul would have written this first letter to the church in Corinth about 20 some odd years after Jesus died, so not much longer. So it's not like a lot of time had passed. Jesus died, he rose again, the apostles uh, started the church, and Paul was one of them, and he went out and he started the church, and, and he went to Corinth, and Corinth was this one place where he built this really great, large church community, and he got them all started, and then, and then Paul left, and he left somebody named Apollos in charge, who was going to do his best to help to grow the church, because Paul had to go and spread the word of Jesus Christ elsewhere, and so this church in Corinth, it was, it was there in, in this wonderful, beautiful place, and it was growing and people were learning about Jesus and, and everything seemed good until the community had to come to be together and to live together. And then what did they start to do? <laughs> argue. Can you believe that? A group of people got together and they started to argue? Huh, who would have thought? Yeah, they started to argue. There's also some really exciting things that happened. I mean, my favorite thing to talk about, I probably told you, you know, plenty of times, but my favorite thing that I just think is ridiculous that happened in the church in Corinth is that there was a man who was sleeping with his stepmother, so that was a really big issue. In his defense, the stepmother was probably his age and not the father's age, but anyways, I mean, that's the kind of thing that happened. If you're ever looking for a juicy story, just open up the Bible. There's a whole ton of them. And so, you know, Paul, Paul writes to the church in Corinth. That's what we just read. But Paul wrote to the church in Corinth, not because he was just writing to them for no reason, but people in the church were like, wow, we have some serious issues. Like, we can't even follow Jesus right now because we are so far gone. We're so stuck in our own junk. You know, when you can't really work to follow Jesus because you're just stuck in all of your own problems that you have going on, that you can't get your mind out of all that. That church in Corinth was like, man, we are so stuck in all of our garbage. We need some help. So some smart, wonderful person uh, wrote to, and by the way, I'm pretty sure it was a woman. Can you believe it? Actually had the audacity, you know, to write to Paul and say, hey, Paul, we need some help. It's like the woman asking for directions. I'm being completely sexist here, you know, but it's usually the woman who asks for directions. Uh, but so uh, somebody wrote to Paul, and then they said, well, Paul, we need some help. Like all we're doing in our community is arguing. All that we're doing, we're not following Jesus at all. Sure, we know that Jesus is the Son of God, but all that we're doing is arguing and, and chastising each other and getting into all this bickering and all of this quarreling, and it's not getting us anywhere. And so they wrote to the Apostle Paul, and they said, Paul, we need your help. And so Paul wrote back, and, and we just read just a small snippet from Paul's first letter back to the church in Corinth. There was some correspondence that went back and forth. And so Paul wrote back, and we just read part of that. And Paul's saying that, you know, you guys are still infants in Christ. You're still babies in Christ. I need you to grow up to become spiritual people. I need you to leave all of the, the fears and the worries of this, of this world behind and strive to follow Jesus even more. What Paul wants us to do is to think about all of the things that Jesus told us and how we're supposed to be a better version of ourselves so that we can follow God more closely and not be overwhelmed by all of the petty arguments of this world so that we can become a spiritual people and not just a flesh-filled mortal body. That's what Paul is saying. And he's trying to get the people to understand that, yes, everything that Jesus said for us to do is easier said than 
done yet. If we strive to become better versions of ourselves, if we strive to live a spiritual life and not just a flesh-filled mortal life, if we strive to do those better things, our whole entire life is going to be better. Not only are we going to be on a better path with God, where God is truly our guide, but our relationships are going to end up being better. If we're a spiritual people who are above all the petty, you know, silly stuff, if we become a spiritual people, then we're going to have better relationships in our lives, are we not? We're going to be people who forgive. Somebody does something wrong to us, we're going to be the person who works to help them to figure out why they did that thing. We're going to be better people for it. We're going to have better relationships. If we're people who are spiritual people and, and not just flesh-filled people, then we're going to be the ones who work on making sure our marriage, no matter what point it's at, is a better, more mature, more loving marriage. We're going to work on all of our relationships. We're going to work on all of our friendships. We're going to work on everything that truly matters to help our life to be at a better level that it can be. Now, here's the reality. What Jesus tells us to do is easier said than done. It doesn't mean it's impossible. Can we always make sure that we are forgiving our brothers and sisters when they do something wrong to us? Can we make sure? Sure, we can. Is it easy? Absolutely not. Can we make sure that we're not just stuck quarreling and getting into those petty arguments like the people in Corinth did? Can we make sure we can do that? Yes. But is it easy all the time? No. And that's why I love how the Apostle Paul says that we, we need to be a spiritual people. That's the best way for us to think about this. We need to be a spiritual people. We don't want to just have these flesh bodies that are just going to live and die, right? Our goal, by the way, where do we want to go when our lives come to an end? Thank you, George. Anybody else agree with George? Yeah? Give me a little amen if you want to make it to heaven one day. Okay, good. Just making sure we're all on the same page here. If our goal is to make it to heaven one day, our goal is that we don't want to just be these flesh bodies. We don't want to just be these living bodies that go around doing whatever we want to do, and we eat and we drink and we're merry, and then you know what? At the end of our lives, they're over, and then our bodies get uh, dug and put into our, our, our grave gets dug, and our bodies get put into a grave, and that's it. That's not what we want. Instead, we want some sort of spiritual evolution to happen. We want to live our lives where we grow more spiritually every day of our lives, where we can try to be a better version of ourselves, where we can be more loving, more forgiving, more grace-filled. That's the kind of life that we want to live, right? The kind of life that when our lives come to an end, even though people around us are sad, everybody is like, you know what? I know where Rick is today. I know where his soul is. I know he's in the kingdom of heaven when our life comes to an end. That's what we want to happen, right? Now, here's the thing. I'm going to tell you, even as a pastor, all of this is easier said than done. For once, I actually named a sermon correctly. That's the point I'm trying to get across to you. What Jesus says to us is easier said than done. I'll give you an example of myself, because I never want you to think that I have any of this all figured out. I'm, I'm on this journey just like the rest of you. Now, I'm normally the person 
So if I have to be on the phone with a customer service representative, I'm like the nicest person. I, when they tell me their name at the beginning, I write it down on a piece of paper so that at the end of the conversation, I'm gonna be like, oh, Bob, thank you so much for your help. And then I stay on the line afterwards and I give them the five-star review. Like I'm one of those like annoyingly nice people because my goal is to try to make their day better. When they hang up from me, I want them to be like, oh, that was such a nice person. I feel better right now. That's what I want to do on a normal day. Nine out of 10 days, that's me. One out of 10 days, that's not me. Because you know what? Even though I'm trying to be a more spiritual version of myself, there's occasionally a time when things just aren't going right. Like the other day, I, I, it's a little confession here because I want you to know you're not on this journey on your own. Little confession time. The other day, I had to be on the phone with this. We got those green light credit cards for our kids, but they don't use them yet really for our nephews. We want to make sure that our nephews since my brother was the one that paid for everything, like that they have all the, the things that they need, that they have their own little credit cards. They're going on vacation now to go see uh, great grampy Walter, you know, my grandfather, and they're going out there and I wanna make sure that they have everything that they need. So they're these cool green light credit cards with an app. So we got it, we got it weeks ago, we had it all sent out to them, everything was set, and then suddenly there was a problem right before they're going to go on vacation. So I have to call and I have to talk to customer service and, and they're, they're trying to explain what the problem is and the problem is is that whose name comes first on our bank account, mine or Trevor's? Trevor's. And whose name comes first on these credit card things that we started, mine or Trevor's? Mine. So they wouldn't allow everything to get authorized until they both basically had both Trevor or I on the phone. Now here's the thing, I told you this is all easier said than done. Do you think I was that super nice version of myself? <laughs> that one I am nine out of 10 times? You know what, I was getting really upset and I wasn't the best version of myself. Sometimes we're gonna have those days where we're cranky. <laughs> Sometimes we're gonna have those days where something goes wrong and it is irritating us in all the wrong ways where, where I'm on the phone and I'm like tearfully telling them why they, we need to have this done and how they need to fix it and, and I'm making them feel really, really, really bad because they can't, because the poor guy on the other line can't resolve the problem. And you know, all of this stuff, sometimes we have those cranky, irritating days. Sometimes we, we wake up on the wrong side of the bed. <laughs> sometimes someone does something to us that we just can't forgive right away. Sometimes we do things and we know we should avoid whatever destructive thing we're doing, but we do it anyways. So some sometimes those words that Jesus says are easier said than done, but I don't want you to get down about that because you know what the good news is? <laughs> the good news is there's grace. The good news is, is that even when we have those super bad days, God is filled with grace. Even when we do those destructive things, we come to God and we say, God, I'm so sorry, I need a redo. And God erases all of our mistakes and we get to start that day all over again and be a better version of ourselves. But the good news is that God's grace is enough to get us through even the most difficult times. So yes, Jesus' words are easier said than done. It is hard to be a super spiritually evolved person. It is hard to not live down here in the flesh mortal world, but to be a spiritually evolved person. It is hard, but it is not impossible. And when we mess up, God loves us and God's forgiveness is great and God's forgiveness is there for us. And God's forgiveness tells us that God's grace is enough for us. And the other thing I wanna leave you with is that we don't go through all this alone, do we? We're not all just walking on this 
Christian journey on our own. It's not like there's, you know, a, a, just the church of each of us individually where we're all stuck walking through this journey on our own. Instead, we go through it together. We get to lean on each other. We get to, to call up each other and to see how they're doing. When we're having a hard day, we get to talk to each other and we get to encourage each other and we get to encourage each other to be better versions of ourselves. We're not just individuals here. We're the church. And we're filled with grace. And we're filled with love. And together, friends, these words that Jesus said are going to get even easier to follow. Because together, every day, every step, we're going to work to be a little bit more spiritually evolved. Are we going to fall down a step every so often? Oh, yeah. But then we're going to get right back up. Because God's grace is good even when these words are hard to follow. And friends, we're a spiritual people. We're going to be more spiritually evolved every day because we're on this journey together. You guys ready to be on this journey together? Let's join in a moment of prayer. Good and gracious God, we thank you. We thank you for forgiving us, for loving us, and for giving us grace. God, we thank you for this community of faith that is here to support us and to love us and to encourage us every day, even when we mess up. We thank you, Lord. We ask that you pour your Holy Spirit upon us. Bless us with your spirit and your power and your love and your mercy and your forgiveness. Bless us with all of that right now so that we can be your spiritual people in this world. Bless us now this, in this day, we ask, Lord. And we pray this and every prayer through Christ Jesus, our Lord and our Savior, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. to be heard the trees of the forest are singing and all of the mountains with one voice joining in the chorus of this world Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Flowers of the field are crying to be heard. The trees of the forest are singing. All of the mountains.
mountains with one voice are joining in the chorus of this world. And I will not be silent. And I will not be quiet anymore. And I will not be silent, no. And I will not be quiet anymore. Running through the forest. Dive into the lake, bare feet on beaches white. Standing in the canyon, painted hills around. The wind against my skin, every ocean, every sea, every river, every stream, every mountain, every tree, every blade of grass will sing. Make a joyful noise to the Lord. All the earth make a joyful noise to the Lord. All the earth, and I will not be silent, and I will not be quiet anymore, and I will not be silent. Oh. I will not be quiet anymore. Running through the forest, diving to the lake. Bare feet on beaches white. Standing in the canyon, the painted hills around. The wind against my skin. Every ocean, every sea, every river, every stream, every mountain, every tree. Every blade of grass will sing. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. 